0: Welcome back to Travels with John Smith. We will continue from where we left off with year one. We went back to Canada for the summer and are back in Wuhan for year two. Chapter 18, Going Back to Wuhan, year two, 2012 to 2013. I am sitting in our new apartment looking over the green swamp area we call our backyard. I have spoken about the frogs singing in the swimming pool back in Pender Harbor in a song I wrote about living on the misery mile. Here, there is a chorus of frogs in the swamp every night, so probably 200 times more of them here. But right now, it is 7 a.m., and I am listening to scores of teenagers chanting in unison as they start their army training in the square in the front of the school. This activity is reserved for grade 10s before they start their school year in high school in China. So I guess this school is no exception. As the teachers prepare for the start of the year of teaching, these students are put through their paces by uniformed army persons. In the humid 35 degree centigrade and plus weather, they run, exercise, and stand straight to attention. We walk past and many of them turn their gaze towards us, waving and smiling, even the ones we don't know. I don't know if they get into trouble for it with their army leaders who are unsmiling, professional, and rigid-looking. They just can't help themselves, though. The perfect straight lines turn to chaos as soon as they see us, as they have to say hello. We arrived back in Wuhan after a 13-hour flight to Guangzhou, a 5-hour wait there, an hour and 45-minute flight to Wuhan, and an hour taxi ride after that. We were at the airport in Vancouver about 4 hours early. So we were up for a couple of days without any sleep. When Buck and Megan left at the end of last year, we decided to take over their apartment. So they let us leave our belongings in one of the rooms so we didn't have to move when we got back from summer holiday. We had a day to unpack our boxes and make our new apartment our home and another to pick up some groceries before we began a Pro-D week, where various teachers presented some aspect of protocol or classroom practice, etc. I love the new apartment. It is spacious. There are three bedrooms, two bathrooms, and one of them has a three-quarter bathtub in it. Yes! A bathtub may seem like a small thing, but on a cold winter day, it feels like a luxury. There is a real dining area and a big flat screen TV we can watch movies on. The balcony faces the lake and the swamp, which is very green and looks like something you might find in Vietnam. So it feels private, as no one can see into the apartment from that side. The washing machine has a little nook inside the flat instead of being on the dusty balcony like last year. We can still see what's happening on the campus from the kitchen window, but it is not our only view. I'm excited to see what characters the universe has sent us this year. There are approximately 35 new teachers in this first staff meeting. Everyone gives a short introduction and what department they work in. John says something like, When I left in June, I was in the math department and I really am, John Smith. Several people stand up whispering or coughing, saying they lost their voices and have colds, and a guy stands up with a booming but raspy voice and says, I am patient zero. I learn that he is a musician, so I speak to him. He's a clever guy. He uses the English language in an imaginative and evocative manner. I learned that he plays many instruments, French horn, trumpet, stringed instruments, etc. I tell him I am a singer. He says he has heard about me and asks if I am pitch perfect, which I guess means he is. I say no, but he hums a note waiting for me to guess. I say, see, and he nods. I am relieved I guessed what I thought would be the most obvious. He hums another note, and I confess that I have no real training in music. He says some of the best musicians did not, so I guess he is diplomatic too. He wants to start a choir here. I say I think the kids will like this, and he asks if I will join him if he does. Another guy stands up and says with a Russian accent, My name is Yuri, and I am here with my beautiful wife, Benya. Benya is in the same office as I am, so John and I take them out at the end of the week to show them some of Wuhan. We are the old-timers now. Benya is Polish and a lively character. She says she doesn't want the comfort of being in a place that is like everywhere else, so is ready for the real China. We take them to a Chinese fast-food place where we choose dishes from the pictures Then we walk around Guanggu, where the vendors have knives and various other weapons on display on a blanket laid out on the street. We stop at one vendor, and he shows us how to open a huge switchblade, and we gasp at the dangerous looking blade. We get into a taxi to go home. He drives us up a road and tells us to get out at the end of it, and we are not sure why. I think he's at the end of his shift. We have to fight the hordes of people also looking to flag down a cab, but we manage to get an illegal cab that knows where the school is. Benya looks delighted as we speed through the streets, and John sits up front trying to have a chinglish conversation with the driver. Benya says, Thank you. This is real life, and I think, this is only the beginning. There are many more new characters, and there seems to be more couples this year, so it will be interesting to see how this changes the dynamic of the staff, get-togethers, etc. After a week of pro-de sessions, I am not sure I know uh, a lot more about teaching than I did before, but one thing is clear: I need to get more organized. I do not go to John and Nora's presentation about math, as I am sure it will be way over my head. One of the Chinese teachers went, and when she came back, I asked her how it was. She said, John is humorous. I have been promoted to cohort leader. The number of people in my section? Me. So the meetings of my group will be fun. I wonder if I will get into any arguments about how things should be done. I have put my name down for the songwriting club, and John is doing both a track and field club and a performance club. This is where he will teach students how to tell a joke and continue his quest of getting the entire school involved in a line dance during one of the flag ceremonies. Tomorrow we will start the school year with the kids. John is still teaching four classes a day, grade 11 and 12 math, and I have three classes a day, foundations in communications. But I will have to be ready to sub every day. I am sure you will remember how frightened I am of this. I do not know what I will do if they make me sub. Pray for me. Week one of teaching is coming to a close. Tomorrow is Friday, and I have an easy, I hope, day planned. I will take my four classes to the computer room where they will research someone famous of their choice, which they will present to the class on Monday I started the week with three classes and didn't know who or how many kids I would be teaching until Monday morning, right before the first class. When I saw my list of 30 kids per class, my heart stopped. When I met them and saw how low their English level was, it stopped again. Then, on Tuesday, my heart stopped again when I saw I was down to sub for one of the grade 11 English teachers who had not left a real plan other than introduce the students to the curriculum. We are supposed to know what that is? And one other vague instruction. The other teachers I share an office with, who are also teaching ESL but are new to the world of teaching, were equally, if not more, flipped out than I was, as they have not had any experience with subbing at all. Just as I was ready to run for my guitar or think of a subject for a three-page story, I was told I didn't have to sub anymore as long as I taught four classes a day, so they split my 90 kids up and made each class 20-something per class instead of 30. I jumped at the chance, and although technically it means more work per day— It means fewer surprises thrown into the works. I am teaching the same stuff as last year, but had to make it simpler and slower. The kids are, as usual, wonderful, and some new interesting English names have popped up. I mentioned last year that they make their own names up. I have a Merlin, a Stone, a Spade, a Dream, Sky, Cookie, Candy, Zeason, Alliance, Tosen, and John has an Echo, Venice, Key, and many more. There are already a few from the mouths of babes stories. I showed a PowerPoint of my life, the short version, and included a picture of my 82 year old mother. And when they saw the slide, one of them said, She looks very good. One of the other teachers told me she had a student who said he was reading a book and wondered if she could help him to pronounce the title. It was the Bible. He said, I am enjoying it. It is a very good book. There is a student called Cloris that John and I are very fond of, as she always speaks her mind honestly, without malice, and is a delight to converse with. She's quite clever and often ponders over life and the stories or poetry she reads. She always wants to discuss everything in depth and comes up to my office to tell me what Mr. Smith has been up to. She pointed out that his belly was smaller since he got back from Canada the other day she came to tell me that Mr. Smith had been stung in the head by a bee. She did look a little horrified as well as delighted about this and said it several times. It, re- it turned out she was referring to a sting he got on his lip several days before. There is another student called Miser who was one of John's students and was involved with the No Pop Festival last year. He wanted to talk to John as he had been reading Stephen Hawking over the summer, and it opened up more questions about life. He is already pretty deep. He's a very talented musician and wants to go to Berklee College of Music in Boston next year. After having a conversation about the meaning of life with John, I told Miser how I discovered Stephen Hawking. I was living in Paris at the time where it wasn't easy to get good English audiobooks. I was in London for the weekend and was running to catch a plane at Heathrow when I spotted a rack of loads of audiobooks. I grabbed a few murder mysteries and what I thought said Stephen King. I thought it might be a new novel and would be a good one to listen to in the dark. It said read by Michael Jackson. So I thought, great! When I got home and settled into bed and waited for a scary story, I realized pretty quickly what it was and did listen to some of it at the time, though I confess not the whole thing. It sat on my bookshelf for a couple of decades in the hope of impressing somebody in the know. Those of you who know that there is a Michael Jackson who is a doctor of physics, or something, and of course knew who Stephen Hawking was before he put this book out, may be horrified. Miser laughed so hard he fell on the ground. It is only Tuesday, and I am wishing the week was over. Last week, we worked a six-day week, and teaching four classes has made my days a lot busier. I'm not feeling great, and I think I may have a kidney problem so I will go to the same clinic that I went to for my dental work last year. The pretty girl, dressed in a nurse's costume with a little white hat with wings, like the flying nun, looks up and smiles as I enter the small glass vestibule. For those of you who are too young to understand this reference, it's a TV show from the late 60s with Sally Field. She welcomes me like a greeter in a fancy restaurant, directing me to the elevator on the third floor. One of the many nurses milling about called the translator, who tells me he is training to be a nurse, which is a relief since he accompanies me to the examining room, where I am prodded and poked by a doctor, and later to the ultrasound room, where I am observed by about four people, as they check and take pictures of my internal organs. There are women in pink pajama outfits that I assume are patients waiting for ultrasounds too, but I am whisked in ahead of them. I am not offered any pink pajamas, and am a little embarrassed by the fact that I am treated like a VIP, but am grateful as I have to get back to the school. The doctor is an older, jovial man who speaks English. He gives me some antibiotics for my problem and a painkiller as I have severe uh, pain in my back. He says, Only take one a day. They are very strong. I ask if they are mood altering, and he doesn't know what I mean. So I say, I ask if they will make me crazy, and he says, No, they are pills from Pfizer. I ask if they will put me to sleep, and he says, No, but they might make you happy. I am not sure what this means, so I stick to the ibuprofen I brought in from the UK. Today is Sunday, September 23rd, the second day of John's birthday, as it is still the 22nd in Canada. We had pancakes for breakfast on both days. We started with plain pancakes, then banana, then pear. There is a wonderful type of pear here that is crunchy like an apple, but sweet and pear-like otherwise. I don't know if I mentioned that there is an indoor ice skating rink here. So John brought his skates from Canada as he tried the ones they rent there last year and said they are very dull. He has been skating every Saturday since we got back while I go to get a pedicure or something. John says he wants to go skating for his birthday. So we go to Guanggu to the rink and while we are there, we see Philip, a Chinese-French guy we have seen there before who wants John to join a hockey team he is forming. We also see many of John's students and ex-students, most of whom are hanging on the boards for dear life, as people here do not usually know how to skate. I am talking to one of his ex-students named Carolyn when we notice a guy dressed in black, skating like a pro. He has the graceful moves of a figure skater, leg outstretched straight behind him, using his hands like a dancer, turning and facing the other way with the ease of someone in a swimming pool. Carolyn takes a picture of him and groans, saying she will never be able to skate like him. The rink is about half the size of a Canadian rink, so John needs to skate around it a few times before being satisfied. He has just come back, saying, we can go soon, and I notice the figure skater standing nearby. I say, you are a very good skater. He speaks some English, and Carolyn translates what he can't say. We find out he is an engineer. He has only been skating for two months, but he roller skated for years. He asks about John's skates, and John explains they are hockey skates. He asks how long we will stay at the rink today, and John says we are leaving soon, so he asks if John wants to skate around the rink with him. John says, okay. As they start to skate away, the figure skater gently takes John's hand in his. They continue skating, holding hands, and John looks uncomfortable but clearly doesn't want to hurt his feelings and doesn't know what to do, so he carries on around the rink, holding the guy's hand. Carolyn scrambles for her phone. She takes a few pictures, and there are a, a few other Chinese people on the sidelines with cameras, and they are snapping away furiously. I imagine there are already photos on QQ, Chinese Facebook They come back pretty quickly, and even though I get a giggle every time I think of it, I love that John is such a good sport. I have mentioned Xiao Qing, our favorite illegal driver, the moon-faced guy I have spoken about before. We found out his name means little hard worker. He has been driving us around a lot before we left and since we came back. John brought him a Rough Rider hat from Canada and he was so touched he wouldn't let us pay for our cab ride that day. For those who don't know, the Rough Riders are John's favorite Canadian football team and their colors are predominantly green. We later found out that in China, wearing a green hat means your wife is cheating on you or something like that. So we have never seen Xiaoqing wearing the hat. One more week of school and we leave for Yunnan. It is supposed to be one of the most beautiful parts of China and we are planning on seeing a lot of it. So we'll have lots more to say soon. (coughs)